The word I want to minister on is called thrive. How many want to thrive? How many want to grow? Because to thrive is to grow. And I looked up the definition this morning in the dictionary on my iPad. I used my iPad this morning, even though I don't have it up here. But I used my iPad this morning. And I looked up the definition of thrive. It means to grow vigorously. To grow vigorously. But then I seen this here. And this was really good, Keith. This was really good. To progress toward or realize a goal despite or because of circumstances. Despite circumstances, despite any kind of problems, thrive means to grow and go forward. And that's what we want to do. I don't want to speak about thrive. What do the scriptures say about a life that thrives? What does it say about a life that really thrives? If you thrive with the God kind of thriving, it must be achieved the God kind of way. If you want to thrive the way God wants you to thrive, you've got to thrive the God kind of way. And to thrive spiritually, one must follow the instruction that's given to us in the Thrive Book. This is a Thrive Book. Amen? It's God's Word. The Thrive Book. Which is to all who would thrive. You want to thrive? You read the manual. You read the Thrive Book. It'll tell you how to grow. It'll tell you what, how to grow individually. And it'll also, which I'm going to talk about, tell us how a church should grow. Corporately. We need to grow individually. We need to grow corporately. And we have to use the Thrive Book to do it. Now, Thrive has some biblical cinnamons to it. I said that right, didn't I, Michael? Okay. And they are flourish. How many want to flourish? Prosper. How many want to prosper? How many want to be blessed? Blessed. How many want to have favor? Favor. How many want to have increase? Increase. And a flourishing life altogether. How many want to have a flourishing life? Amen. So the Thrive Life, Thrive Life has four simple, definite doors that a person needs to choose to walk through. We have to walk through some doors. And there's specific doors that we need to walk through. And in the next few weeks, the next couple of weeks that I'm here, I'm going to be uh, talking on the four doors. Those four doors that we need to thrive through, to walk through to thrive. These doors are open to all of us who want to walk through them. How many want to walk through them? Amen? And my hope is that every person here this morning and those who are not here and those who hear the tape would thrive and want to thrive exceedingly to walk through these doors. Now the first step... Then the first step forward to thriving is for you to decide 
that you will keep growing. Well, I'm saved, I'm going to church, I'm giving my tithes, hallelujah, I'm good. How many want to continue growing? I keep on going. You need to decide that I want to continue to grow in my spiritual life and the life that I need to lead for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you this morning, if you're frustrated, if you're frustrated, if you are unhappy with yourself, it's probably connected to you not experiencing the growth principle that's at work in your life. If you're frustrated and you're discouraged, you're not taking hold of the principle in the Thrive Book to go forward. Because this Thrive Book wants to make you blessed, wants to keep you healthy, as we heard the... Amen? You have to get the Thrive Book. So I want to talk about the Thrive Life. The Thrive Life. Thrive means living a flourishing life with commitment to God's house and a vital connection to God's people. We need to have that <clears throat> commitment to God's house. Amen? And then you need to have a commitment, a vital connection, to have a vital connection with God's people. That's how you grow together. That's how you grow together. It is using everything I have to serve in any way possible at all times. Because to thrive is to grow. In Psalm 92, 12, it says, The righteous shall flourish like what? Like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. How many want to grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon? Ephesians 4, 15 says, But speaking the truth in love, we need to speak the truth, truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ Jesus. We need to live the thrive life. Now to grow is to develop in your spiritual inner man and to amplify the Christ nature that's in you and to live like Jesus and you need to share his love. We need to live like Jesus. We need to be like Jesus. We need to think like Jesus. We need to talk like Jesus. We need to have a Jesus life. Let me give you six habits of people who grow. Number one, they eat the Word of God. They eat the Word of God. Number two, they breathe strong with prayer. They pray. We read the Word of God, we pray. Number three, they love like Jesus. Oh, hello. Number four, this may be a hard one for you. They forgive daily. They forgive daily. Number five, they build relationships. And the last one, they learn to give. So, they eat the Word of God. They breathe strong in prayer. We love like Jesus, amen. We forgive daily like Jesus did. We build relationships like Jesus did. And we learn to give. 
Saints, growth does not happen automatically. While I'm saved, I accepted Jesus, and now I'm just going to grow. It doesn't happen automatically. It doesn't happen quickly. It doesn't happen mysteriously. I'll just, you know, sit in church, and mysteriously, I will grow and grow. It doesn't happen that way. Let me give you some quotes. Don't go through life, grow through life. Don't just go go through life and just walk around through life. Learn some things and grow for what you're learning. Grow through life. The other one is, love not what you are, but what you may become. Well, you're going to become a great man of God. Kellen, I'm telling you this morning. Don't love what you are. Love what you may become. So I have a question this morning. Individually, number one, individually, have you grown to become all that you thought you would become by now? Have you by now figured out that you have grown to the place you're supposed to be? Second question to the church is, corporately, have we become, oh, come on, saints, have we become who we thought we would become by this time? The answer to both those questions to me is no. We haven't. We need to really grow more and more and continue to thrive to grow more and more and more and be more like Jesus. We need to answer these questions. You need to answer that question individually in your life as you go through life. We need to answer it as a church. and As leadership, we've been really ministering to each other and really starting to really think about where we are, where we're going, what we're going to be doing. We have to answer these questions. Now, how many know when you thrive to grow, there come struggles? There's things that happen. There's the struggle that we are imperfect. Come on, saints. But we continue this internal battle with sin. How many have that struggle? Come on. Let's be honest with one another. Because in the Bible, there was a man who was honest with himself. Right? There's that internal battle that we struggle with sin. Because it says, Paul said this in Romans 7, 24. O wretched man that I am, who will? Come on, come on. Who will deliver me from this body of death? What Paul is saying here, he says, look, you know, I'm tired. I'm beat up. Wretched means to become callous. Oh, wretched, oh, callous man that I am. He's working to a point of exhaustion. It means working to a point of exhaustion. Oh, man, I'm tired. Oh, wretched, I can't go through this anymore. I'm tired. He's saying, you know what? I'm hopeless. 
Who's going to set me free? I'm tired of going through this thing. Who's going to come and who's going to set me free? You see, our attempts to live righteously have failed. Lord, he said, who's going to help me? Lord. See, when we attempt to gain godliness on our own, the end result is a sense of hopelessness. He says, you know what? I'm trapped. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm trapped. And Paul's desire to be set free implies that he, he felt trapped in this thing. And a lot like us, saints, he had to die to the authority of his sin nature. We have to die to that authority of the sin nature. But he couldn't break his hold. Oh, hallelujah. Paul desperately wants to know how he could be released from the body of death. He felt condemned to live a life of defeat. Who don't want to live a life of defeat? We want to grow. I want to grow and continue. But saints, glory to God. The fact is, we have been set free from sin through Christ's death and resurrection. We have been set free. And we have been set free indeed, saints. Romans 5.11 I have been justified and forgiven. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many here have been set free? I am free from the condemnation of guilt this morning. Somebody needs to say hallelujah. I belong to God this morning. Hallelujah. I have been made righteous. How many have been made righteous this morning? I live in Christ and He lives in me this morning. And I have a hope for our future in Jesus Christ this morning. Somebody needs to say amen this morning. I'm going to give you seven growth decisions. Great growth decisions this morning. Real quickly, seven growth decisions. Number one, I will separate from sinful decisions. Come on, we're going to talk about it this morning. I will separate from sinful decisions. Look at 2 Corinthians 6.17. Therefore, come out from among them and be what? Separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. We need to separate ourselves from sinful decisions. Number one. Come out and separate yourself says the Lord. Number two, and I tried to do this a couple of weeks back, I will rededicate myself to God. We need to rededicate our lives back to the Lord this morning. Does anything here divide your heart or dull and distract you? 
that you need to rededicate yourself. It says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your what? Reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Saints, let me tell you something. Temptations start with thoughts. Thoughts affect your emotions. And emotions and feelings affect your actions. But it all starts here. I told you that's where it starts. So we need to renew our mind with the washing of the word. Number three, I will lay aside anything that drags me down. What's that thing that may be dragging you down? What little foxes, hello, come on saints. What little foxes are spoiling your life? What's those little things? We're talking about some things this morning that we really need to do. You want to grow? You want to thrive? These are some of the things you got to let down. Hebrews 12, Therefore we also, since we surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside what? Every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You see what happens, that trap, ensnare is to trap you. We need to let it go. We need to lay aside anything, anything that drags me down. Number four, I will take every thought captive. See, saints, if what we think does not reflect truth, then what we feel does not reflect reality. It's what we feel. And a lot of times we run by feelings, not by fact, not by the truth. Let me tell you about a worker. There's a story I just read as a worker. He heard a rumor. How many hear rumors? And they start thinking. I'm going to get fired. Well, I'm going to. Here's that rumor. I just heard that rumor. A worker heard a rumor that he was going to be laid off on Friday. He believed it and kept worrying about it. How many have done that? Finally, he gets a memo to see the boss on Friday. In his mind, he thinks, why wait? I should resign. Get to him first. He feels angry. He finally decides to go, opens the door, and all the top brass... Shout in unity. You have been promoted to top management. But you see what he was thinking? You see what happens? When we run with what we think and we run on feelings. Oh, this is it. Yes, oh, I'm going to die. Instead of truth. Truth. What's, what's the truth of God's word? He will supply all my needs. He is my healer. Come on. We need to, 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We need to do that. Number five, I will crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. Galatians 5.24, those who are Christ's 
have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. How many are in Christ here this morning? We need to crucify the flesh. John Calvin said this. I took this from John Calvin. The life of the Christian man is a continual effort and exercise in the mortification of the flesh until it is utterly slain and the God's spirit reigns in us. Therefore, I think he has profited greatly who has learned to be very much displeased with himself, not so as to stick fast to the, in this mire and progress no further, but rather to hasten to God and yearn for him in order that having been engrafted into the life and death of Christ, he may give attention to continual repentance. Continual repentance. Truly they who are held by a real loathing of sin cannot be otherwise, for no one ever hates sin unless he has previously been seized with the love of righteousness. How many know we have to continually repent for certain things? Continually. Number six, I will see sin for what it really is. Not, I'm really okay. I'm not that bad. Come on, saints. I'm in control. I have it all together. Saints, sin has consequences. If you give in, sin then never stops. It will continually do it. If you haven't heard my message on this, this, the consequences of sin in the life of David, I preached years ago, you need to get it. Sin always drags the character down. It drags your character down. It brings reproach to the sinner. It brings reproach to the church. And most of all, it brings reproach to the name of the Lord. Don't give in to wrong thinking. Try and keep that sinful life. I will crucify, crucify the flesh. Let me read this quote also. What can we do to attain purity of heart? The answer to this is surrender, abandon, abandon ourselves, submit, yield, humble ourselves, and give ourselves over to God. However apt we may be at education, self-understanding or formation, we cannot transform the impure into the pure, the sinful into the saintly, the unlovely into the lovely. God alone can do that. God's love alone can perform the miracle required if we surrender. Love will come in and cleanse and purify and transform. And saints, number seven, I will live in Christ in the spirit, and in the world. This is the last one. Loved ones, we need to be in Christ. Be in Christ is to be born again. How many are born again? How many, if you're not born again, you need to, we need to come up, we need to have an altar call right now. Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, if there is anyone here who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, as their personal Savior, is not born again. 
Now's the time to come out of your seat. Just come right up here because God wants you. You're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. And God wants to touch your life. You'll be born again. Born again. You need a new life. You need new motivation. You need new direction. You need a new spirit. And you need a new mind. Now's the day. Saints, how many know, I'll leave you with this this morning, to be in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit is available and is possible for the believer. Sometimes we don't believe that. I'm telling you, for the believer. Walking in the Spirit and being in the Spirit is possible for the believer. And as born-again children of God, we are obligated. You hear me this morning? We are obligated to connect ourselves to the transforming work of the Holy Ghost. The transforming work of the Holy Spirit. And when we place ourselves in His hands and draw upon His power, we will be enabled to die daily to sin. It's not by might nor by power, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. Then and only then will we begin, will we begin to experience real living and real growth. When we follow the Holy Spirit and get rid of all the things that are hang-ups in our life. The key to victorious Christian life is a personal commitment to and a, co- a cooperation a personal commitment to and a cooperation with the Spirit work in our lives. That's why that's up there. Zechariah 4, 6. Not by my, no, by, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We want to grow. We need to follow the Holy Spirit and what God is saying. Amen? How many are going to do that this morning? Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah.